Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season three. It's episode 11. Rest easy, Otis. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all the socials Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook. And you can email Crowley and I at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, hope the uh, weekend's gone well so far. A little bit of it left, and uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, ahead, one week ahead of the Super Bowl. I know one of your favorite events of the year. Hey, I, you know what? I actually like, you're going to laugh, I like prop bets. Okay. So me and my friends, we all get together, and we do like, you know, we have a whole sheet, and it's nothing of pro, prop bets. What color is the Gatorade? What, you know, how yeah, long is the All anthem? the fun stuff, right. Is right, Kelsey going to get down on one knee after the game and propose to – Taylor, Taylor. Yeah, that's the stuff, but I, 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 that stuff I, I can get into, but I will tell you what does get me excited about this, my spring training tickets on my at bat app. So yeah, I saw that gonna, on social media. Yeah. Anyone going to be out the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. I'll be out in uh, beautiful Mesa, Arizona at the club 400 tent. Stop on by. We're going to have some fun. So that's in, uh, that's in February or March. That's in March. So okay. that's going right. to be, yeah. And I, and I got the tickets, like I said, to the, the breakout game Cubs versus Sox. So that's going to be great. Nice. Nice. That would be, that will be fun. I saw that, uh, yeah, Marquee basically will show all of those games. We'll have a handful of them on six, seven to the score as well. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's exciting. Um, not exciting. Bellinger watch 2024 <laughs> continues. We still have no movement friend of the pod and odyssey insider, Bob Nightingale mentioned the Phillies as a possible landing stop spot for belly and uh, frequent guest of the Mully and Haw show. John Heyman mentioned that the angels could be a team interested in Belger services as well. So nothing yet. We'll, we'll keep watching, but uh, the Cubs did not add Bellinger or, or any other players since the lad last podcast, but Dustin, they did make a roster move with the addition of reliever Hector nearest to the 40 man roster. We were wondering what the corresponding move was going to be, and we found out this week. The other thing to keep in mind is that, though, about this whole situation, Dustin, is that the Cubs are going to have to make room on their 40-man roster for Neris, and there hasn't been a corresponding move yet. 
Now the Cubs could, you know, just decide to DFA a pitcher, you know, replace one pitcher with another to make room for Neris. I'm just kind of looking at the 40 man roster here and you got a um, guess. I wonder if Michael Rucker or Keegan Thompson. Well, there it was Michael Rucker, Keegan Thompson, Michael Rucker was DFA'd. So we'll see if another team wants to pick him up. If not, uh, the Cubs then can resign him. So we'll, we'll see what happened. But speaking of picked up Dustin, the Diamondbacks signed lefty Brandon Hughes to a minor league deal. If you remember, Hughes was a big part of the pen in 2022. He was supposed to be a big part of the pen in 23 as the lefty, but he had, it was just an injury plague season. He just couldn't get healthy. He had to have left knee surgery and the Cubs non-tendered him in November. Speaking but just, of the Diamondbacks, right? They uh they picked up uh, another former Cub, right? They uh their new DH. Yeah, right? they 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 just they keep moving, and I, I think the Diamondbacks have really had altogether a pretty solid off season. But Dustin, the the major move in the NL Central, the one that's kind yeah. of shaking everything, yeah. the Brewers traded ace Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles for shortstop Joey Ortiz and starting pitcher DL Hall. It was well known the Brewers were not going to extend Burns during his final season before hitting free agency. This is obviously going to make the Brewers weaker. And Dustin, think about this. The Orioles still kept their five best prospects and got probably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Right. Pretty pretty, pretty wild. I'm surprised they make this move now and not at the trade deadline. I wonder what the thinking was there. I mean, I think it just comes down. The only thing I could think of potentially didn't want to pay, didn't want to pay the salary for the first five months or whatever. I mean, I I think it's more, you know, you you tend to get less if you're going to have the guy for less time. So since this is walk year, you're pay, you're now getting a you got him now the whole whole season worth him. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, that's a good answer. But but Dustin, take a look at this. Take a look at the Brewers pitching. Okay, if you remember last year, they had Brandon Woodruff, they had Corbin Burns. And Freddie Peralta is this nasty three-headed monster. I mean, you, you, you know, now they're down to Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley. We, we remember that experience. Mm-hmm. Joe Ross, Colin Rea, and Robert Gasser. Does that strike fear in you anymore? No, I mean, that's not even a that, – that, that's like a, a, a bullpen, let alone a, a starting rotation, right? I mean, if Freddie Peralta is your opening day, he's your, he's your ace. Freddie Peralta is your ace. He's a, he's a good pitcher. I would put yeah, him in a number yeah. two, but you got nothing right. behind him. Right. That's what I mean. I'm, that's what I mean. I mean, it just, it, t- and it takes a massive drop after that. I mean, Freddie Peralta is a, a pretty good two, a really good three, but I don't know how Freddie Peralta is going to be as he, Hey, hey listen, that's good news. Guess who yeah. else they don't have? <laughs> they don't have Craig council to try to make chicken salad out of, you know what? So. We'll right. What but you know, it was a question of what the Brewers were going to do. And now you got to ask yourself, okay, what else do the Brewers have that other teams would want? I mean, are you going for the full rebuild here? Because, you know, Devin Williams has only got one more year left. So, you know, you're talking about one of the best relievers in baseball. Willie Adamas is a guy that has value. I mean, are they going to just completely strip this down this season? I I don't know, but you got to ask yourself these questions. It looks that way, right? It looks the way the uh, compass is pointing. It looks like a absolute full rebuild in the uh, city north of the Cheddar Curtain. And so, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm I'm still of the belief that the Reds are the team to beat in the Central. Cubs would be two. I don't know about Brewers three anymore, but the Pirates and the Cardinals would, you know, all I, I just I think that there's a big drop off after the Reds and the Cubs. But Dustin, if we look at our tiered list, 
we scratch off another name. So there is Corbin Burns officially scratched off. So here what's you go. left? There <laughs> you go. You, you got Blake Snell um, was our tier one. Cease and Alonzo. I, I kept hearing Cease's name. It seems like it keeps going, but from I, I think I heard Bruce Levine say it, it's probably more likely it, that being a uh, trade deadline deal. Right. They're going to hold on to him. Yep. And then the tier two free agents, uh, Jordan Montgomery's still out there, Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger. Uh, Alec Bregman, we'll see maybe. I, I mean, they, they might try to, you know, keep him for the whole year and just let him walk. Uh, Solaire's still out there. And then Bieber, Kim, and Paredes as trade targets. I heard a little bit about Shane Bieber, but nothing else. So, I mean, there's still players out there. The offseason's not over, but uh, let's get that's moving a here. List. That's still a big list, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's some talent on that list, and you'd like to see – you know, one or two of those guys end up over at Clark and Addison, no doubt. Uh, in other news, former Cub president of baseball ops, Theo Epstein, left his job with MLB to return home to Boston to become a part owner of Fenway Sports Group and a senior advisor. According to Sportico, which broke the story, at Fenway, Epstein will work on sport initiatives across the business holdings, which include Liverpool FC, the Pittsburgh Penguins, RFK Racing, TGL's Boston Common Golf than a recently acquired stake in the PGA Tour. Uh, Dustin, you know, Theo was working for MLB and was behind a lot of the rule changes that you right. and I both like to improve right. the game. Yep. Uh, pitch clock, banning the shift, increasing the bases. I really enjoyed that. And and to me, I, I thought that Theo was ready to go to be the next commissioner of baseball. So, Right. Now, here's what I found interesting about that, Crowley. I, I thought the same thing. I thought that's what he was aspiring to. That's something that he uh, dreamed about, saw in his future. Um, but the former Marlins president, who is very active on social media, uh, he tweeted out that the reason he thought that this went down is because he saw that his path to the commissionership was not happening. Hmm. And so that's why he decided to go this route because um, that was not, that was David Sampson that had tweeted that out and that uh, the path was not going to be as easy as he had hoped. Another thing I'd love to get your opinion. On, I don't know if you caught it. You can't catch every minute of the Mully and Haw show, but when this news broke, I think we were on the air on Thursday, if I remember right, which day it was, I believe it was Thursday. Was it Friday? You remember, Carly? Was this Thursday or Friday when this news went down? I thought it was Friday, but I might be okay. off. It doesn't matter. Either way, David Haw said they're going to build a statue at Wrigley Field for Theo Epstein. And I said, <laughs> no shot. There, there's no way they're going to build a statue of Theo Epstein. Now, I could see a, a big, grand sculpture about that team, obviously. But I don't even think in the big grand sculpture it includes Theo Epstein. Do you think Theo Epstein will get a statue at Wrigley Field? I, I think there's no way he's going to get a statue. Right. I mean, they're 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 already running out of room for guys that they need. And and it's interesting when I was at Cubs convention, um, and and, and we were talking to Lou Sella. He's been on the podcast before. He's a guy that sculpted everything. Yeah, sculpt. Someone asked him, uh, you know, who do you think the Cubs, you know? should have and, and a, a name is Gabby Hartnett, one of the greatest Cubs of all time that people forget because it's pre-World War II, but he's one of the greatest Cubs that ever existed. He doesn't have a statue. So, I mean, does Cubs history begin in the 1960s, 1969 team? I don't know. Um, you know, you take a look at Gabby Hartnett and then you you also take a look at Buck O'Neill and his contributions to the game. Right. 
Andre Dawson, Greg Maddox, those are all names that kind of come up. You know, would you say Anthony Rizzo out of out of that 2016 team, the guy that kind of stuck through everything was through the kind of really well, I could see I could see him and, with his, you know, the ball in his hand and the mitt in the other hand and his hands raised above his head as being as being the statue potentially to commemorate that. Right. But I, I think that you're right in the fact that I, I don't think it's I think it's going to be some grand sculpture of, of everybody somewhere located in Wrigley if they can find a place for it that, that I, where I don't know. But I think the Bears have one like that, correct? Yep. Soldier Field, where it's just like a giant collage type thing. And I can right. see it more being that because there were so many good players on that. Or maybe team, it ends up inside a Wrigley Field, right? Throughout the concourse or something. Or right when you walk in against the wall, the back wall, when you first walk in. Something something like that. Who knows? I think so. But but it'll be cool. But, but, but the it's good not thing- going to be a standalone no statue of Theo Epstein. No, absolutely not. And um, according to Sportico, Epstein leaves his role as a special consultant to MLB, but he will continue to informally serve the league's competition and on-field committee. So he's still involved. Um, I, I just I liked what he was doing, and, and you know I, I don't know what David Sampson knows versus doesn't know. I just know that you know obviously we have a commissioner right now. I, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but uh, you know I mean Theo's still a younger guy, and that you know you you know, he can work his way up, I guess, but ownership is, you know, a lot of money and, and, and it's going to be interesting because it's not just baseball, it's hockey, it's soccer, it's racing. So well, right. You know, I think I, anything, I think any, you know, people joked around, like when the bears were looking for a new, like, you know, bring Theo to back to the bears, right? Like right. anything Theo puts his hands on, there's a good chance it's going to get better. There's no, that, that, that there's no doubting that there's no doubting that Theo Epstein one day will be in the baseball hall of fame. There is no doubt about that either. So, you know, listen, good, good for, good for Theo. I I think if anything, this is bad for baseball as a whole. It sounds like it's a really great day to be Theo Epstein. I don't think there's really a bad day to be a Theo Epstein. No, no, he's a great guy and wishing him all the best. But like I said, we, we just love what he was doing. So hopefully he can still at some, in some way, continue to contribute. But, um, former Cubs player and current marquee analyst, Joe Girardi will be joining the yes network but he will continue to work as an analyst for Marquee as well. So you know how they shift everybody around. So yeah, they do. It's I, and I still haven't decided, Crowley. And I don't know if we, I don't think we've talked about it. Maybe we have indirectly, but we'll maybe we get into this bigger and deeper later. But I, I don't know that I like the, the constant revolving door, the constant revolving analysts. I don't mind for like a big series if you bring in a guy it makes sense like for the pregame postgame type stuff, but constantly, I mean, you turn it, you turn marquee on, you never know who you're going to get. Right. You, you just never know. And then I'm, I'm, not, I'm definitely not a fan. Well, here's, here's what I wonder. So Girardi, if he is cutting back or they cut him back something, right. He's not going to be around as much as he was. I was never a fan of the three man Boog Girardi and Deshays. I, I didn't like that. I, I didn't like it too busy, too hard. It just if Jim Deshays is your guy, then let Jim Deshays be your guy. What is it? What's going? Why? Why all of a sudden does everybody that works in in baseball specifically, and it's a long season, but all of a sudden everybody needs a day off. Everybody's taking all the. I mean, I've never seen it before. All of a sudden, it's like everybody's taking days off nonstop in baseball. Well, I'm not a fan of three man booths, as you said. In baseball, it just gets too crowded, too many people. I'm just a fan of the good old fashioned two man booth. I don't think that Mark Girardi's cutting his time any. It's just he'll have something to do when he's not, you know, when he's off. 
because it, like you said, it's a rotation. Like, like you said, I like when it's more consistent. I don't mind bringing in guys sometimes, right. but um, maybe even for like a small you segment. Turn on of the that, you turn on that game. pregame show and you, you, you have no idea what's going to be there. Nice. I like I like Cole Wright and Cliff Floyd. I think that those guys mesh well sure. together. I like sure. what Cliff does. I would prefer just to see those two guys on personally. Well, let's have that, you know, eight out of ten times instead of, you know, four out of ten times. 100% agree with you. And, and speaking of Marquis, Jeff Agrist of the Sun-Times reports that Marquis Network will broadcast the majority of Cubs spring training games remotely. Boog and JD will be in Arizona for the first weekend at the end of this month, but the remaining games will be called remotely uh, Agra says uh, goes on to say that while availability of broadcasters is part of the equation sources say Marquis is looking to cut costs and focus on regular season and shoulder programming friend of the pod and Iowa broadcaster Alex Cohen and your teammate on the score 670 uh, Zach Zaidman will be calling those spring change uh, training games remotely but that's that's a little bit nerve-wracking to hear that uh, cutting costs well it's just I guess anywhere you can save a buck but I mean okay like they can't like do a VR, you know, a VRBO out in Phoenix in Tucson or wherever and just have like, you know, we, we had score house, right? Yeah. We, we rented a house. Like they can't rent a house with like five bedrooms for six weeks. You know, I, I mean, it, like Boogshot as an example, though, like I know you, you know, your focus is entirely on the Cubs and I love that about you. And, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you, you know, dipping into a little uh, fun prop bets this weekend for the big game. But yesterday, huge college basketball weekend. And arguably, and we could have this conversation, you will disagree with what I'm about to say. The greatest rivalry in all of sports occurred last night. They play at least two times every year. That's Duke, North Carolina. Great rivalry. Boog Shambi you know, was calling, was part of that broadcast. You know, he, he was on a game. He was on a big college basketball game this past weekend. He might not have been in that game. Maybe he was on Kansas. Actually, I think he was on the Kansas game, uh, Kansas and uh, Houston. Regardless, Boog is a big part of the four-letter network's college basketball coverage. He's still doing four-letter network Sunday night baseball work as well, right? So, um, I mean, if I had a guess, Boog probably has a place out in the desert somewhere. I just I, I don't understand what the extra what the extra cost is. I guess if the guy's out there, you got to pay to feed him as well, and the meal money. I, I mean, or is it more the because the cameras still have to be there? If you're calling it remotely, you still got to pay for the camera person. Still got to right. pay for the video replay person. You got to pay for all that stuff. I mean, I I, 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 I just sure. wonder. I mean, I mean, I'd love to know like. Does that so? Does that mean they're going to have more people in the marquee broadcast during the regular season, and you know, propping that up, or are they just looking to save money? Period. You That's know, a good question. And, and I and mean, Dustin, it is spring training. It's not the end of the world. It's just, it's just a a sad state of affairs for the business. Yeah, but to me, it is kind of because that was my joy of Marquee. A guy like me can sit there. I love watching spring training games. People may think I'm nuts because of, you know, but here you get to see these prospects. That's why I have Marquee. That's why the second Crane Kenny announced it, I was 100. I called Comcast. 
I'm, I'm not kidding you, probably a hundred times. Because remember, it wasn't originally on Comcast. <laughs> yeah, it's back and forth. And who yeah, has I'm, it? I'm going to call and, who does and cancel it and which my streaming order. Oh. Right, what streaming service has it? Which one right. didn't? Yeah, oh. But this is what I wanted. I want spring training games. I love the fact that I can get minor. I can get minor league games. And Dustin, how about the, how about this? Keep in mind that Pat Hughes is getting older, right? And he doesn't go out to the desert much. But wouldn't you want to kind of get the guys that you have in the system, whether it's Sam Wiederhoff from uh, Myrtle Beach or BK and Max from uh, South Bend, or you have uh, Mick Gillespie or even Alex Cohen, who's doing some games. But these are your future of, of, of whoever may be the broadcaster. Wouldn't you want to get a more experience? Yep. But again, I guess the question is experience live at the ballpark or experience back here in town, you know, through the power of, of the media that we have now. It, it, I, it's frustrating. I, I get yeah. it. But I, I mean, I, I think you're not going to not, here's what I would, here's my pushback. Like you're not going to not tune in because they're not there. You're right. going to tune in regardless. So but my, my experience as a fan and I got to hear, and I know Jason Benetti was on the score talking about this and, and I know Boog and other people are talking about this because they did this in 2020 and it's just not the same. You don't, you are basically like winging it and you have to follow the camera operators much like we do. They, they're not right. there to see what's happening. You're watching the game on television and then describing to us what you're seeing as well as what we're seeing. And then it's kind of like, Hey, you know, like the next thing will be, they'll just have like a color analyst on for television and they won't even have a play-by-play -play guy. Right. Because it, you don't, especially in baseball, do you really need the play-by-play -play guy? I can see what's happening. I can see the graphic. It's a three, two pitch. And then the color analyst will tell me whether they agreed with the three, two pitch or not. Right. I mean, sometimes I wonder if it's dangerously going that route for baseball. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. Like you said, we're going to watch, but we love all the broadcasters that we have Absolutely. and, and yep. we would They're love them to have every no opportunity. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. Rest easy, Otis. This is season three. It's episode 11. Don't forget to listen, download, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And let's be nice and leave a five-star review. Crawley, when we uh, were last recording, we got word of the passing of an important figure in the Cubs organization, Tom Otis Hellman. You had a chance to interview the Tribune's baseball writer, the uh, baseball Bigfoot, if you will, Paul Sullivan on the impact Otis had on the Cubs organization. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we are happy to have back our old friend Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. How are you doing this offseason, Sully? Doing great. How are you, Crawley? Yeah, doing good. Like I said, getting ready for spring training. Uh, it's, it's right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report now in 10 days, but who's counting? 
Uh, you know, Sully, I wish I was having you on to talk about happier news, but sadly the Cubs family lost an important member as clubhouse manager Tom Otis Hellman passed away unexpectedly last week at the age of 67. How surprised were you when you heard that news? Uh, terribly shocking news, very sad. Um, really uh, one of the all-timers in the Cubs organization. Um, I've known him, I mean, since he got there in the 80s. And uh, the the really really sad part is he was uh, you know he was going to retire really soon. This was possibly his last spring training, so uh, you know just a sad way to go. And uh, just sorry to see it happen. And condolences to his wife Mary and all the family. Now, Sully, you have been in many locker rooms over the year. Can you tell the listeners what the role of a clubhouse manager is and why it's so important? Well, uh, there's many people that work in a clubhouse, but the, the main manager, his responsibilities are, are varied, but basically he's in charge of uh, the equipment and the uniforms, getting the equipment from city to city, um, you know, making sure the uniforms are white, clean, uh, you know, different jerseys, especially now with so many different jerseys uh, on a different day basically picks out uh, which uniforms they're wearing, puts it out in their lockers, uh, even assigns uniform numbers for uh, players that, uh, you know, maybe they want a certain number, but, uh, you know, it's already somebody else's number and they can't take it. Um, just stuff like that. And, and, and Otis, um, Tom, and we always call them Otis. I don't know. I can't even think of him as Tom, but Otis always uh, had very – other roles, very various roles with the Cubs. Uh, you know, he was uh, cooking stuff in the in the little kitchen for a long time until they expanded the uh, clubhouse and had uh, you know professional <laughs> chefs in there and stuff. Uh, he served as a bat boy, as I said in my article a couple times <laughs> to turn around the team's luck. Uh, he was a bodyguard for Steve Traxel. You know, stood in front of his locker and. Told the uh, reporters, you know, get away. He's not talking. You know, just fun stuff like that. Uh, just a great guy, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a shame he was. He took over for Yosh Kawano years ago. Um, everyone remembers Yosh from his you know decades of service with the Cubs, and uh, he kind of turned it over a few years ago. And became an emeritus clubhouse guy, but uh, he was still always around, especially home games, and uh, just uh, just a great guy. You never saw him in a bad mood, and uh, you know, dealing with professional athletes is is not an easy thing, especially after games that they you know don't perform well in. But uh, he was always a the kind of guy that would uh, you know get the players up. And he was always the first one in the dugout to high five them when they win, and it's just an uh, just an incredible guy. Now he starts his career as the assistant clubhouse manager for the Cincinnati Reds, and that's in the seventies. Yeah. That's big, big red, red machine. machine. Yeah, <laughs> that had to have been absolutely crazy. And then yeah. he comes to the Cubs in nineteen eighty three, and, and as the visiting clubhouse manager, and he just made such an impression on. So many people, and, and, and as you know, Sully, players move from place to place. So sometimes he would meet them 
as, as visitors. And then later on, when he moved over, like you said, to the home clubhouse, uh, you know, they would already have a relationship. But John Lieber, uh, he posted this the other day. He said, making my many trips into Wrigley Field as a visiting player, I'll never forget him telling us as we walked into the visiting clubhouse, how's my favorite team? He had a way of connecting with players or whoever he came in contact with and the lives he might have touched over his 50-plus years in baseball. That's what's made him special. And, and you know, you kind of mentioned that Yosh Kawano, legend, you know, his uh, his fishing hat in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, of but course. What, a, you know, kind of very different personalities between Yosh and Otis, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Yosh was kind of a curmudgeonly uh, sort. And, uh, you know, it was his clubhouse. And, uh, you know, you, you dealt by his rules. Uh, Otis was more uh, laissez-faire. He was, you know, uh, you know, he understood that it was the player's clubhouse. And he was just working there. Uh, but he made everyone feel at home, uh, always took the guys out on uh, fishing trips, uh, stuff like that. Uh, he also catered the clubhouse, too, so he had a good relationship with a lot of the local restaurants and bars that, uh, you know, would provide food for the Cubs uh, post-game meals. So uh, he, he knew just about everybody, and everyone in the organization knew him. And obviously you're going through, you know, hundreds of players in, in a couple of years span with all the waivers and call-ups and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he's always very busy, uh, but never uh, too busy to, uh, you know, have a chat with a reporter like me and Bruce Levine, some of the other veterans, uh, just uh, totally respected. And uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do to celebrate him, but it, yeah, I hope it's, uh, it should be something big. Yeah, you you know, and, and you mentioned his cooking a couple times, and it's funny in your article you, you said Ryan Dempster credited the, yeah. the Cubs' fourteen game win streak to Otis's cooking, and the fact that he wanted to bring him on the road. Yeah, uh, Lou Pinella, you know, pointed out, you know, as, yeah, as the caviar, know, the caviar, right? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, Otis catered the clubhouse with caviar one one day, and uh, Lou was just apoplectic uh, in a good way. He was he was laughing, but. Uh, you know, it was it was crazy. The team was so bad, and Lou was like, "We wow!" And just imagine if we were any good, we'd get a French chef in here. So I'm I'm not trying to say Otis was a great cook or anything, but uh, he was it was mostly burgers and sandwiches and stuff. But uh, you know, it's if you're a player and you're you know you need something quick, uh, he was the guy. And, and you know, you also mentioned the fishing, how much he loved fishing, and that he would take players out on the road to, to all the good fishing spots. And, you know, Terry Mulholland, and you mentioned uh, Carlos Zambrano. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Zam, uh, Z was one of the first ones I saw on social media, kind of posted a picture of Tom, of Otis, um, you know, on the boat, you know, saying how much he cared for, of him and how much he loved him. Uh, and, and I you know, that, you know, when we think about Big Z, sometimes you think about, you know, that fiery Toro personality. But, you know, a guy like like Otis just really kind of touched a lot of players and, and I just would have loved to have been on that fishing boat, seeing what that was like, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Big Z catching a marlin or something, that would have been something. <laughs> uh, you know, Big Z did have a soft side. He just didn't like to show it too much. Uh, we saw it in the clubhouse, and uh, I, I just really love running into him nowadays when he, whenever he comes to the ballpark because uh, we had some epic feuds 
epic fights, and now it's it's we just we just laugh about him. Uh, but Terry Mulholland, I think, was probably one of his closest friends as a player. I'm, I'm just speculating here, but they were always together, and Terry was a real man of the people. I don't know if you ever met him, but uh, mm -hmm. just a, a just a great guy himself. So uh, yeah, I mean. Otis was equal opportunity. There was no one that, uh, you know, he wouldn't uh, help out. Uh, and there was, I don't remember anyone that, that never got mad at him or got in a fight with him. And that's pretty, uh, pretty rare in a clubhouse setting. Now, among the honors he received, he was selected to accompany Major League Baseball All-Star squad that traveled to Japan following the 2004 season. And then in 2016, he was named the clubhouse manager of the year by his peers, um, and, and he got a ring from the clubhouse managers association. And so, I mean, just here's, here's him receiving the CMA award, the clubhouse managers association award. And this is a ring. And if, if you, if you bumped into Otis and out at, at a local establishment, and, and when you talk about a man of the people, you know, there's certain people, Paul, you and I, you know, know that they're always around, you know what I mean? That, you know, just kind of in the neighborhood, if you know what you're looking for and yeah. he would let people look at the ring and it's a beautiful ring. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as it goes, I mean, he was recognized by MLB and his peers for just the fantastic work that he did. And when I look at some of these, you know, people, this is, you know, everybody, like you said, from Terry Mulholland, here's John Lester, right? Yeah. Otis was as loyal and dedicated as the day is long. He had a welcoming demeanor and a big heart. He was funny. He was kind. He was my friend and I'm going to miss him. Uh, yeah. You had, you know, everybody for Sean Marshall, you know selfless, caring, put others before yourself kind of person. And then even kind of the younger players, you know, after each win, and this is Ian Happ, after each yeah. win, Otis would be waiting at the entrance of the locker room to high five every player and coach. He was a legend of the game and will be missed deeply. So when you, when you see these, you know, it, it's from the players, it was really coming from the heart. Oh, definitely. Um, Cause he's with those guys all the time. And, uh, you know, he sees them in good times and bad times and, um, all those guys that you just mentioned are the kind of people that, you know, they're not too snooty to, uh, make friends with, uh, someone that's, you know, lower, not lower, but, uh, you know, classified as a lower job in the organization. Um, you know, some players, uh, I've seen players that wouldn't talk to anyone other than other players before, but, uh, those guys are not like that. And, uh, they treated Otis like an equal, obviously, uh, Otis lived and died with the Cubs. He, in his years, he, he wanted them to win, but you know, he was realistic and, you know, when they would blow it, he would, he would like a Cubs fan, he would say, Oh, same old Cubs, but he wanted to hang on. He wanted to last long enough. I know in his job to get that ring. And I was so glad he finally got one. And I, I think he, he probably considered, like, that's it for me. He was in his 60s by then, early 60s, or that the end of the line was coming. And But he kept delaying it because I think he just he just loved his job, and he's a people person. Uh, he lived near the ballpark. Uh, you know, he had a good off-season. He, he was a Bengals season ticket holder, so he would, you know, drive to Cincy where he he was from and, uh, you know, go to Bengals games all the time. Yeah, I know he's really excited about that team, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So, um, 
Yeah, just uh, just it's so sad the timing of it. It's always sad when when someone passes away early, but uh, just the timing. Uh, you just wish he could have uh, enjoyed uh, retirement uh, for a few years. Now you write about one of the most memorable experiences in June of two thousand three. Sammy Sosa is at the plate, and his bat explodes, and Cork goes flying all over the field. He's ejected. Now, what happens after he gets ejected? Well, uh, Major League Baseball obviously watching this uh, with great interest, <laughs> and. Uh, sent some uh, investigators to the uh, clubhouse to confiscate Sammy's uh, bats to make sure that uh, this was an isolated incident or whether maybe it was corking all of his bats. And uh, now Otis would never uh, talk about this, but the, the story went that uh, they gave the Cubs a 10 minute warning Okay, we're sending we're sending guys down to your clubhouse. So you know, hint, hint. And uh, sure enough, uh, by the time the guys did get into the clubhouse and got all of Sammy's bats, uh, they didn't find any that had cork in them. Amazingly, uh, so he <laughs> he still got suspended and everything for the one corked bat, but uh, it could have been much worse for him. So somebody saved him. We don't know if it was Otis or, uh, you know, maybe a combination of Otis and Bud Selig, but uh, definitely uh, something happened where they uh, were able to uh, kind of hush-hush uh, the, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I see the, uh, you know, just like I couldn't imagine, you know, Eddie Vedder, you know, sitting there with Tom Helm and stuff like that. Just like you said, just friends with everybody. Um, oh, yeah. Eddie loved him. Yeah, they were close and, friends. You know, when, when you take a look, I think the statement uh, from Mr. Rickett says it all. I'm saddened by this loss. I can't think of another person more dedicated to this team and organization than Otis. He embodied the definition of caretaker, looking after countless players, coaches, and staff that called our clubhouse home through his 41 seasons. He will forever be remembered as a beloved member of our family. Paul, you know, like I said, I, you know, you've spent a lot of time getting no Otis for so many years. And, you know, I think that that's a, a fitting tribute and I agree with you. I'm sure the Cubs are going to do something special to recognize Otis in all his years um, of, of service for the Cubs. Oh, definitely. I'm sure there'll be some kind of memorial this season. And uh, really, um, you know, he'll, he'll be in the Cubs hall of fame. I don't know if it'll be next year or whenever, but it definitely Deserves a spot there. Um, I don't know. Maybe name the clubhouse after him. I, I don't know how that works. Uh, maybe it's already named after Yosh. I'm not really sure. There's no plaque that I've ever seen. But, uh, um, yeah, just a great guy. It was uh, nice that the uh, Ricketts um, acknowledged him that way. And I know that uh, Tom loved him, too, and Laura. So, you know, it's just it's a shocking thing. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to get over it. And uh, a lot of his friends feel the same way. It was kind of, you know, something you just never would have expected. And you, I was actually looking forward to seeing him in spring training because uh, he had already always told me that, uh, you know, at the end of his career, he would have a sit down with me and I would do a big, you know, interview with him on his career. But he wouldn't do it until then. And I thought he was going to do it last year. And then he said, nah, Sully, let's wait till, uh, 
let's wait till spring training and see how I feel then. And uh, so I'll never get to do that. But uh, I was just uh, I'm thankful for the time I did get to spend with him and talk to him. And I'm sure a lot of the Cubs employees, players, managers, everyone uh, felt the same way that I did. Well, Sully, I appreciate you jumping on and, and, and giving us your thoughts and remembrances. And it's just a great article that you did in the Chicago Tribune. It really touches on all of these things and people should check it out. Um, where can our listeners, uh, they can read your work in the Chicago Tribune. Where are you at on the socials? Um, at P.W. Sullivan on um, uh, Twitter, whatever Twitter is called these days, and on threads and on Instagram. And uh, I think that's it. I might be on Oh, I have a Facebook page, official Paul Sullivan page, but uh, it, it, they don't really let us uh, do articles as much as they used to on Facebook. So I don't know if it's mostly just pictures and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. Just Google me. Well, Sully, I look forward to seeing you out in Mesa. And when we're there, we'll have a drink and toast Otis when we're there. Okay, Crawley. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, um, for all the Cub fans that didn't get a chance to know him, I, I hope you get a, you know, help you read up and uh, follow uh, I'm sure, of the memorials and whatever happens because uh, he certainly was someone that uh, is deserving of, of your time. Thank you again, Sully. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is segment three of the Fly the W670 podcast. It is also season three. It's episode 11. Rest easy, Otis. Don't forget, listen, download, subscribe, leave that five-star review for the Fly the W podcast. Crowley, great job there with uh, Paul Sullivan. And uh, you broke a little bit of news a few weeks ago about Sammy Sosa making a return to our fine city. Yep, he's going to be doing an autograph signing in the Chicago Sports Spectacular. And we talked to Kevin Schwartz of Schwartz Sports and the Spectacular. Dustin, I want all our listeners to be ready because pre-sale tickets are on sale Monday morning. So when you're listening to this, get ready because those tickets are going on sale and they are going to sell out. We're happy to have on Kevin Schwartz of Schwartz Sports and also partner with the Chicago Sports Spectacular. Kevin, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no time, man. No problem. It's uh, it's that time of year. Spring show for the Sports Spectacular is going to be held on March 15th through the 17th. But, Kevin, the important date to keep in mind is this Monday, February 5th. Pre-sale tickets for the show begin at 9 a.m. And with this amazing lineup you guys have put together so far, uh, it would be wise to get your tickets early. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, especially for some of the headliners that we're going to have um 
you know, some of them do have limited um, limited autographs per day. And then also we go by number order. So the earlier you get your ticket, the higher number you'll get and the sooner you'll get in line. Well, let, let, let's talk about the lineup because, you know, that's what, what everybody's excited, you know, and you take a look at some of these headliners here. You got Mike Tyson. You got Hulk Hogan. You got Ric Flair. How about Mark Grace for all you Cup fans out there? And for the Southside brethren, Jermaine died 2005 World Series MVP. And you know what? That's all That's all good and exciting, Kevin. But the biggest name, I would say the biggest get as far as autograph shows are concerned in I don't know how many years, Sammy Sosa makes his triumphant return to Chicago and the world found out when you guys dropped your video on the Facebook, and this is what Sammy Sosa had to say. This is Sammy Sosa. I'm coming to Chicago. Looking forward to see you at the Chicago Sports Spectacular on March 16, 17. Hope to see you there. Thank you very much, and God bless. Oh, my God. People went nuts, Kevin. And, you know, here's the thing, Kevin, is, is that – this is not you're, you're not the first person to try to get Sammy to come back and do a public. How did you pull this off? How did you reel the big fish in? Let me know, please. Well, um, Sammy is someone that we've been going after for several years now. And, um, you know, the offer that we had to him and, you know, for him, I think the timing's right for him to come back. And he, I think he misses the fans of Chicago and the city as much as we'd probably miss seeing him around. Yeah, you know, and I think it was a big deal because they they had mentioned that his name was on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, for the Cubs Hall of Fame. So, like you said, I think the timing is right. And for, for people that have been waiting to get those Sosa autographs to see Sammy, this has got to be his first public appearance in, in Chicago, and I don't even know how long. How You know, what would you say? Got to be 20 years. I mean, I've been in the industry for 23 years now, and I've never seen him do a public. Um, I know we announced as his first public at least since he was with the Cubs. Um, I know people were saying he might have done some small thing his rookie year or second year while he was still with on the south side. But, um, yeah, it's been it's going to probably be around 30 years since he's done a public autograph appearance where he can meet and greet with the fans. Wow. And, and so that that is just got to be un unreal. But, you know, obviously with a guy like Sosa, you know, it, it's – it's going to be just, there's so much to do. And you guys have this amazing VIP event. So is going to be there all weekend. If, if people are wondering, you know, there were some questions originally, was he going to be there Saturday, Sunday? He is going to be with the Chicago Sports Spectacular Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Why don't you tell us, Kevin, a little bit about this VIP event on Friday? So, yeah, on, on Friday, we are doing a... Um... We're doing a VIP dinner with Sosa. There are 25 spots available to the public. Um, it's going to be at, uh, in Rosemont where the show is. We're located at Rosemont Stevens Credit Center. It's going to be across the street at Gibson's. Um, and there'll be a prefix menu with it, uh, along with you also get an autographed Sammy Sosa bat. Um, and then he'll take pictures with, uh, with those that are there you know, and have conversations with them while they eat dinner. Um, it is one, one ticket per person. Um, and the tickets start at our 1998. Okay. So it's 1998 per person. So roughly about two grand. And so you're going to have dinner at Gibson's, which is just phenomenal. Alcohol is not included. You get the autograph Sosa bet. 
And then there's going to be a Q&A with Sammy, you know, when, when you talk about that. And then not only that, that's going to include a VIP package for three-day admission, front of the line for the rest of the weekend. So that that has got to be – I know you've done it before, those, those VIP dinners. I think it was with Dennis Rodman, uh, if, if my mind serves correct and stuff. I know you've done them in the past, right? Yeah, we did one with uh, Rodman about a, a year ago, nine months ago, um, you know, and it was great. Um, you know, we had, I think that one was 25 people as well. We basically set up, um, three different tables of eight and the player goes around to each table, uh, throughout the night and meets everyone, talks to everyone. And you got to have a real conversation with them as, as well as not just like when you go through the autograph line and it's real quick and you get, you know, a minute with them and, and then the next player person comes up, you know, uh, the, the fans actually got time to ask them questions, have a good time. You know, they were buying him beers and stuff like that. So, so it's, it's a little more intimate of a setting. And and the fun thing about that is is, is the guys kind of I, I've been to intimate settings with other players and they let their guards down a little bit. They're not, you know what I mean, and they're able to kind of talk just freely. And that's the best thing is the stories, the behind the scenes stories that they tell. Yeah, um, I, I know when I've done stuff with players, you do get some of those, you know, stories that they don't even release to the public or or the media. Um, and, and plus you get to see them in a, in a different light as a real person and get that fan experience that most people dream of. Well, if you're, if you know, if that maybe is not going to be your thing on Friday night, Sammy will be available on Saturday and the, and the photo ops start at 2 PM. And the one thing I would recommend if you've never kind of done a photo op and, and, and Kevin, you know exactly where I'm going with this, get there early. Don't, don't come up at two o'clock thinking, you know, because I mean, I'm sure with Sosa, you'd be fine, but in general with the photo ops, once these guys are done and there's no one else to take a photo, then they go signing and then it's a real pain to try to get them back. So you always want to get into the photo op line early. uh, And that starts at roughly about 2 PM. But if I'm, if honestly, if I'm going for Sammy and I want the photo op, I'm going to get there at 1 PM to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, we always recommend anyone, um, that has the photo ops to get there about 15 minutes before the start time uh, with Sosa because it'll be a little bit bigger, maybe about 20 minutes. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we have a, a PA system, so we'll announce when he does start as well as everyone else. Um, uh, but Sosa's going to have a bigger line, and once again, ordering early gets you a better, uh, a higher spot in line, and you'd get in and out faster um, and not have to wait for, for everyone to go. Right. So if you, if you're going down there and if this is your first Chicago sports spectacular, there are individual prices for different things. So if you're going to, if you want a card signed from Sosa, it's going to be 150 flats up to 1620 uh, tickets or baseballs are 200 caps, mini gloves, minis, gloves, helmets, uh, oversized flats or bobbleheads are 250 bats and jerseys are 300 500 home run game used items and artwork is 400 and then inscriptions. There's only three max. Uh, you can have personalization or 98 NL MVP, 609 home runs, seven time all-star slam and salmon, slam and Sammy three times 60 home run, 66 home run, uh, go Cubs go. Those are all $79 each and you get a max of three. And if you are doing the photo ops, $199 for the photo op, and there's a limit to 300 autographs per day. So once Sammy hits 300, his day's done. But he's also signing on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have 300 available for Saturday and 300 available for Sunday. Um, it's very possible that both days are going to sell out. And sometimes on these you know, bigger headliners, uh, we do sell out weeks before the show. 
Right. And, 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 you know, if you're going on Saturday and you're kind of coming up with a game plan, I mean, Mark Grace is also going to be there. I don't know if we got a time yet for Grace. Uh, obviously he was with the, you know, teammate of Sammy's Cub Hall of Fame class of 2023. Uh, he's signing and, and for, for Grace, it's $55 for flats and balls, 75 all other items, $25 inscriptions and $55 photo ops. So I think this is the first time he's come to the spectacular since getting in the Hall of Fame, correct? For the Cubs Hall of Fame. Yes, this will be his first appearance since um, making the Cubs Hall of Fame. Uh, it's always great to have Gracie around. Uh, he's gets a little tougher because he still still works in baseball. Um, but yeah, he happened to have that day free and was able to uh, um, make the appearance at the show this year. Wonderful. And then also on Saturday, if you didn't get your fill of Sammy Sosa and his teammates, how about Moises Alou? All right, he's going $59 flats to 16 by 20 in balls, 69 all other items, $25 inscriptions, 59 photo ops. So, I mean, that might be a great opportunity to get some side of team signed piece from the 2003 team that just had their what, 20, you know, 20th anniversary re relatively recently. So, to think about that, when I think about Alou and so obviously Sosa, but Grace, like you said, timing wise, he works for. Uh, the D-backs and stuff like that. It, it's These are three guys that don't come all the time. Some guys you're going to see over and over again, you know, especially with Sosa, you know, these are guys that are going to be rare to kind of get again. So I, I'm just saying, if you got an opportunity, get out to Rosemont, correct? Yeah, and actually I have uh, one more Cub that we just uh, confirmed today. They'll be there will be Derek Lee. Oh, my God. Break, breaking news. D. Lee also going to be there, another teammate of Sammy Sosa. So uh, unbelievable. I mean, that is just fantastic. And another guy that's not really in town that much. So, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, you can buy tickets the day of the event, but to me, the smart bet, especially with the interest and the media attention with Sosa's return, the presale is so important. It's your best opportunity not to get shut out. It starts at 9 a.m. And so what you do, if you've never done this before, at 9 a.m., you go on the Chicago Sports Spectacular website. Be patient. Don't freak out. It sometimes takes a couple of minutes to start populating, right? And when it goes on sale, you'll see the images with each player, and it'll say uh, photo. It'll say pick. Um, it'll say, you know, bat, whatever you want to get autographed, and you click on it. You put it in the cart. And then while you're in, while you're in that digital waiting room, while you're doing that, the pre-sale, the smartest thing to do is to get your admission tickets for the weekend because then once the spectacular comes, you can then you have a special line. You can get in really easy and, uh, you know, it just makes life a whole lot easier rather than buying your tickets the day of. Yeah, we definitely agree with that. Right. Get it all out of the way and you can go right to Wilco, get everything you need at that time and you're ready to go for the show. And the last thing we want to do is uh, have people stuck in line that, you know, we want them in the show, having a good time, you know, seeing all the cool um, exhibitors stuff out there, as well as going and meeting the autograph guests. So if you are an adult for a one day pass, $15, children 10 and below are $10, children five and below are free. There's a sneak peek, $25 Friday only. Um, the weekend three-day pass is $49. So that includes a sneak peek at $25 value. But, it, it, you know, with a guy like Sosa in the house, I'm going to, I would say the smart bet is the VIP. Uh, that's 
front of the line access. So when they call VIPs, that's the first thing that gets called. You get in early. There's there's a VIP pavilion. It really, to me, is kind of the smart bet. It's $150, but if you think about it, it's like $50 for three days. So it's $100 just to kind of save you aggravation and to get, again, the nice um, VIP pavilion, which you guys have started recently. Yeah, the VIP um, package, they um, you know they have great value to them. You get, especially if you're doing the autograph lines, um, you get the first in line bracelets. Uh, we call the VIPs before even ticket number one. So uh, that that works great. You get uh, a, a you know a goodie bag of a whole bunch of stuff from um, our different sponsors, uh, as as well as giveaways, autographed eight by tens, stuff like that. And you get autographs of the VIP guests that we will have, uh, which will be announced shortly as well. And then we also have our VIP lounge um, that you have access to, which is a place to go sit down and relax. Right. And so this is a picture of me from the last Chicago sports spectacular. Uh, and, and, and the thing that people don't understand is that there are, you said what over 300 vendors and it has a little bit of everything you can buy that stuff like paintings. This is a Jansky painting that, you know, people are out there, they're selling paintings to get signed. Um, the, this was, I always laugh at this. Tyson's going to be there. I, I'm a kid of the eighties. And so, uh, Mike Tyson's punch out was kind of a, a big thing. And I love this picture of all the different like characters from the game and it's signed by Tyson. That's awesome. Kevin, I got to show you something I picked up at the last Chicago sports spectacular. I've been searching for this for like 15 years, probably. This is a phantom 1945 pennant for the Chicago Cubs. It says Chicago Cubs world series, 1945 champions. And it has a lot of great names on there. Stan hack, Andy Pafko, Bill Nicholson, peanut Lowry, Phil Cavaretta, Claude Passell, Charlie Grimm was the manager, but I mean, that is a rare find. And so that's the thing. You're going to find things like those old school nodders programs. And of course, baseball cards are huge. Yeah, we, 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 we are putting a lot of time and work to try and get a great core of, of vendors out there. Um, that way we get a whole bunch of everything. Like you said, you can find rare pennants. Uh, we have artwork out there. We have framing. We have people who accept framing, We'll have on-site authentication um, uh, submission by JSA, PSA, and Beckett, um, as well as GSC grading will be on there. Um, we have top auction houses, pristine auction, and um, uh, golden auction will be be in attendance. Um, and then you have you know a lot of different companies that sell uh, cards and autograph stuff. Um, you know, I always hear about a Jordan rookie that sells big on the floor. Or, uh, I think in November, it was Ota anything Otani was a big deal. Ah. <laughs> I, I can imagine. And for me, one of my things, and I kind of got into this a little bit late, so I'm playing a little bit of catch up. Um, this is, um, you have an opportunity to get those photo ops. And if you ever get the photo op, I want to say you guys will print it off. You have to buy this pre, you, you, it doesn't just, you don't just get it. But if you get a free $10 ticket, you guys will print off the photo and then you just go back in line and get the player to sign it. Now you have to get, the, you have to have the ticket for the signature as well, separate things, but that's been kind of one of my jams lately. It's really fun to do the, the, the Dawson and, 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 or whatever player comes up, whether it's Sammy or Derek Lee getting the photo and then turning around and having them sign it. So that one's a fun one. I love that. That's why I love the photo ops. And the last show you guys had, you had Schwarber out there, and that was a massive line too for Schwarber. Yeah, Schwarber. You know, we had to start him real early because he was on a time crunch. 
because um, he had another um, obligation. And the fans were out there, and they were ready to go, and they were very excited uh, to see him, as well as all the other, like, uh, 2016 Cubs. We, we've always had really good traction with with the fans wanting, wanting everybody back from those teams. You know, any championship team in Chicago, the, the fans just fall in love with them. <laughs> yeah, you had Solaire as well, and who knows, maybe he'll still end up as a Cub. But the main thing I want to tell people is that when you're in line, you know – Oh, it's weird. You're kind of sitting in line, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then all of a sudden everything kind of happens really quick. You want to kind of be prepared, know what you want to get signed, know which marker you want them to sign it in, whether it's one that you bring or one that they have the table. You guys always have plenty of markers at the table, however you do it, but just be kind of really prepared. And I always say, hand the photo first, tell them where you want to sign it, then hand the pen because sometimes it kind of gets automatic. They grab and they start signing. And if you have, if you're particular about where you want them to sign, take your time, give them the photo, then give them the marker as opposed to that. That's just a little tip I got for everybody. You know, <laughs> um, the VIP room, which is available if you get the VIP package or the three day package is something you guys just started recently, right? Yeah, that was something that we started in November. Um, you know, something we had been talking to the convention center about, about finding, uh, uh, room that wasn't on cement floor uh, like the rest of the show that we can kind of create into a, a you know VIP kind of getaway. Um, you know the, our VIPs are at the show pretty much all day, all three days. Uh, most of them are there as early as one, two o'clock, starting on Friday. They do the sneak peek. Um, so you know to let them have them have a place where they can go and sit, and you know a lot of them actually. Um, kind of like readjust all their stuff because they end up with so much stuff that way they can go and put it down and get it all in order and not be in in the way of people on the main show but also like there were chairs in there there were some um drinks and and uh snacks in there as well as as well as like tables and stuff and i know people are even doing trades in there so yep and so this this is where i was i was at i was in there in the lounge and and they had food over there they had games you kind of just kick back nice chairs um, there was the Vienna beef and the drinks and it was just a lot. It was really nice. Like you said, if you're going to be going for two or three days, um, for me, this is the way I usually do it is I go on Friday for my authentication. I go in, drop off all my stuff to get authenticated. And, and Friday is the day that I start kind of really perusing the grounds. What do we got? What's for sale? What am I interested in? And then, you know, I usually kind of try to buy everything and bring it home on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday is the autograph day. But like you said, it's, if you're all three days, it's nice to have a little place to duck in. Now, if you're coming just for one day, Dr. Scholl's feet inserts, shoe inserts will, will absolutely save you because it is cement floors and it is a long day. And if you're getting a little long in the tooth like we are, Kevin, it's, it's not a bad idea. You know what I mean? No, and we've got great feedback from the VIP lounge that, that people really like just any place to kind of go sit down. Um, and, and go, like I said, people end up with bags and bags of stuff and that way they're able to kind of combine them into fewer bags. And, and, um, you know, sometimes there's a wait of, you know, if, if Sammy's going at, um, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, the next guy might be at noon. So you might, or previously at noon or next guy might be at four o'clock. So you might have a little bit of time. Um, so it gives you a chance to relax and yeah, it, it can become a long day, especially a long weekend if you're there all three days. Right. And so if you are interested in the VIP package, it's 150. Like I said, there's only 250 available. So you want to kind of keep, keep an eye out on that. Uh, to me, like I said, it's 
especially depending on what the weekend's going to look like for you. Sometimes it just really is the best bet. And then I would say, you know, one final tip I would have is, is don't forget if this is going to be your first time at the spectacular, you know, you do that self parking, just make sure you bring your ticket with you, put it in your back pocket or your wallet or somewhere. And then that way, when you leave, you can pay prepay to exit. It just makes life a lot easier. But Kevin, I got to tell you, I am so impressed with the lineup for this show. And now you tell me Derek Lee's coming. I mean, that's that's just going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I, I think, you know, you guys do it best and you keep bringing in better and better guests and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So I, I'm I'm seeing, I'm, I'm guaranteeing Sosa is going to be a sellout. I'm guaranteeing there's going to be news cameras around there. The Chicago Sports Spectacular one of the best shows even before this ever happened. And, and, and this spring, you guys have it in the spring, the summer and the fall, but this is the, the spring show, March 15th to the 17th. It is going to be exciting, Kevin. Now um, I, I want to also thank you for jumping on here. And if anybody has any questions as far as, you know, you can always contact Kevin or you can contact Chicago sports spectacular and the website has, everything you really need to know. Uh, Kevin, is there any place that they can contact you other than, than the phone or the email? Is there any socials you have? Um, so we have our Facebook page, which is Chicago Sports Spectacular. Um, but all the information is on our website at chicagosportspectacular.com. Um, and there's also a contact us if you have any questions. All right, Kevin, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day and, and best of luck for you at the Chicago Sports Spectacular. Listeners, if you have any questions and you just want to hit me up, you can always um, message me at Crawley's Cubs or fly the W670 at gmail.com. Thanks again, Kevin, for jumping on. Thanks for having me. We hope to see everyone March 15th or 17th at the Chicago Sports Spectacular. Well, that's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow on all the socials. That's Facebook. It's Instagram. Of course, we're on Twitter and flythew670 at gmail.com. And now you can watch us, that's right, on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crawley, have a great week. We'll get back with everybody late in the week, and we'll be just a couple of sleeps away from big game number 58 out in Las Vegas, and maybe we'll have some uh, Bellinger news to report on in between now and then. And if we do, we'll have an emergency pod ready for you. Go Cubs! It's all over. 